When asked what the greatest commandment is, Jesus replies with the Shema from the Old Testament. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Therefore you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. It's called the Shema because that is the Hebrew word that begins this all-important passage. It's the Hebrew word for hear, hear, O Israel. The passage from Deuteronomy states that this passage goes on to say in the subsequent verses that it ought to be written on the forehead, in every doorpost, and written on every gate. And what's amazing is if you go to Jerusalem, still, this is true. In all the doorposts, there's a little place where they hold this Shema written down, and in all the gates as well. In addition to the fact that God himself states that this is the greatest commandment, I also want to give some reasons why this commandment is essential to live out as human beings. Part of fallen human nature is to grapple with things like jealousy, anxiety, avarice, pride, and vanity. The times when we are envious of others' possessions, their achievements or careers, or how others' appearance may be more attractive. We may feel like we are not in control and that things in the world are so corrupt and tumultuous that we are filled with worry and anxiety for ourselves and for our children. We may feel like we never have enough money to be financially secure or do not have all the possessions we would like. Or we may feel that we are not respected and must prove our worth to ourselves and others through great achievements. All of these things vie with our hearts to give us meaning. The one antidote is the Shema, what we heard in today's gospel. If we live the Shema, our hearts become firm and steadfast, unshakable fortresses in the midst of the surrounding storm. A great illustration of this striving for meaning and the Shema's perfect answer to the questions of our heart is the story of Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl was a Jewish psychiatrist in the 1930s, and he sought to write a comprehensive book on psychology that would change the discipline forever and be a huge benefit to humanity. Being a Jew, he was eventually captured, but kept the manuscript of his book tucked away in the lining of his jacket. While being taken to Auschwitz with his family, he would frequently check to make sure the manuscript was tucked away in its lining. Upon arrival, his jacket was taken from him and, along with it, his manuscript dealing with the meaning of existence. He was given the clothes of another inmate who had already been killed. Out of habit, he subconsciously checked the pocket of the worn-out rags he now wore. Instead of the many pages of his manuscript, he found in his pocket one single page, and written upon it was the Shema. He immediately grasped the meaning of this providential occurrence and sought to live out what he had tried to write. When our lives are focused on loving God with our whole heart, soul, and mind, This intimacy with our Creator and Redeemer burns away the insecurity, anxiety, jealousy, fear, pride, and sense of inadequacy. When the presence of God, His love for us, 
and our knowledge that we are his beloved child dawns on the horizon of our hearts, we are filled with confidence and are filled with peace and a sense of meaning. How then do we live this commandment, the Shema, out? The answer is nothing other than union with God in prayer. I can't overstate how important daily prayer is. The experience that grows over time of his presence, filling us with peace and joy in the midst of any circumstance, is too great for us to not pray every day and seek this fulfillment in our heart's desire. The threefold movement of this union with God in prayer is yearning, confidence, and surrender. The first step, yearning. It's the soul's sincere longing for grace and a desire for union with God. The simplest way we can begin is by desiring in prayer union with him. We begin by praying that God will come down and unite himself to our souls. The next movement is confidence. It is the soul with faith in God's power and promises that confidently expects God to give the longed-for grace. Having been assured of his love for us in our trust in his promises and his faithfulness, the soul is confident that God will deliver his promise to unite himself with the soul. Finally, when the soul pins all hopes on his love, trusts that God will no longer hold back, all uneasiness is taken out of the confidence and yields to the third movement, surrender. Surrender is the readiness and determination of the soul to live in conformity with the grace to be received, to put that grace to good use, and to remain faithful to that grace. We know in yearning when we desire union for God in prayer. We increase confidence when we place our faith in God's promises and knows that God has the power and will to give us this grace. We surrender when we see all things within the providence of our loving Father and submit in all things to him. If you desire the peace and joy that comes with complete surrender with God, I urge you to desire this union and ask for it often when you pray. Be diligent in setting aside time daily to pray, which allows us to grow in faith and confidence in him. Man's search for meaning finds its fulfillment in these words. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Therefore you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. May God give us the union we desire with him in our prayers, the confidence to overcome all obstacles to this union, and the ability to surrender ourselves to him in all things so that we may be blessed forever in heaven.